there's something that is going on with the feeling tone behind chords that controls the emotional color of the piece. Hi, welcome to the Be Here podcast, where we talk about how we can live more mindfully by living more musically. My name is Brian Royce, and this is where I share my journey with music and mindfulness. On today's episode, we're talking about chords and their emotional colors with the help of a special guest, a master pianist and musical genius, Joseph Gibson. Joe, it's great to have you here, man. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. But before we begin, as is tradition, I'm going to ask you to join me and pause and just take two deep breaths. So you don't need to change anything about how you're positioned. Just breathe slowly and feel the sensation of air as it moves down your windpipe. So let's go. I'm glad that you've chosen to be here. Joe, I'm glad that you are also able to be here. I'm really excited. Um, do you think you could just give us a short little introduction of yourself so um, our listeners know um, who they're listening to? No problem. Well, I'm Joseph Gibson. I'm somewhat of a, of a musician. I'd say I have a well past 10 years of experience, give or take, of musical development. I've participated in quite a few musical experiences and events all over the place. And I've conducted a few unreleased musical experiments, especially with chords. Ooh. I'm, chords and chord progressions. That sounds exciting. Unreleased experiments is how you're calling them. Yes. All right, cool. When are they going to be um, hitting the airwaves? When can we listen to them? Well, I'm, I'm hoping for within the next year. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm going to say it from now so that I force myself. Most All right, you heard it here first, folks. Within the next year, you're going to get some music from Joseph Gibson. The, listen, the man is a musical genius. I met Joe um, when we were performing um, at a church event um, a couple months back. And instantly, I was just blown away by this man's intuition. Like, he just knows his way around um, the keyboard. He knows his way around, like, chords and, like, what chord to play when to evoke, like, what response from... Um, the listeners, the other bandmates, the other singers, um, the man has a brilliant air for harmony. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I was like, I want to talk about chords. Who do I have to have on this episode? It has to be Joe. <laughs> so Joe, what, if I were to ask you, what's like the coolest musical experience you've had? What would you say? Ooh, I've had, I, I have to say, I have had uh, some really good ones. You've had your fair share in your past 10 years. <laughs> you know, in my past 10 years, but I think. The one that I would say is the best is when I got the opportunity to put on a concert myself, as in ha have a concert featuring myself. Oh, yeah? So I, 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 I played as a concert with different musicians and singers, and but it was featuring myself. I think that was the best one. I mean, I was so looking forward to it, and it, and it, it went, somehow it went better than I expected. Of course it went better than I expected. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> well, That's that really was one exciting. of my favorite yeah it was one of my favorite and i think it was the best one so far yeah i'm sure you got some good feedback right yeah i I'm, I'm very pleased i'm very grateful for that experience that's wicked so you said 10 years right um is that when you started playing piano or was or not well i said 10 years but that's really a, a technical understatement I, mm -hmm. I i actually started in 2005 okay let me, let me say i started in 2005 so it's a little bit more than 10 years yeah why, started, why the piano though um, well, that's my 
before that, before that, my grandmother was now passed. She she saw me playing her piano at her house, and I used to play Jamaica's national anthem. I used to try and figure out stuff with my ears. Mm-hmm. And she just told my mom and dad that, boy, you should really send this guy to do some musical lessons. So she saw some intuition there and fostered it. Yeah. And she was like, if you guys don't want to do it, I'll pay for it. So she got me into it and she then they sent me to, to a little music school called City Music. Cool. And that's where, that's where it started. That's awesome. Would, looking back, would you have changed that? Would you have preferred to take on, take on a different instrument instead? No, not at all. I, I would definitely guarantee a good experience with, with starting with the piano. It's yeah. one of the best ones to start. Why do you think so? Because from the piano, I've branched off into other instruments, just learning and playing other instruments. And I think the fact that I learned the piano first, for some reason, I think it helped me understand those, those musical instruments more easily. But what is it about the piano that helped you to do that? The scope of the piano. As both, it, it, it is both an accompanying instrument and a melody and a leading mm-hmm. instrument. As an accompanist, as an accompanying instrument, you, you can back up people, you can help people yeah. to sound good in the background. And as a solo instrument, you are the star, you're, you're, the, you're the shining light in the song. And, and, yeah. the and it's both. Right, and it's both. So oh. I'd, I'd recommend the piano. I, that's actually one of the reasons why I decided to learn music theory on the piano as well, um, because it just felt... Um, like it made sense you know each key is its own note and I can kind of just like this is a C you touch the C and you hear a C but you can also build chords easily off of that because you can kind of just count the spaces between the keys and you're like all right I know that this much space means this is a C major chord or a C minor chord you kind of just change one finger you know so that for me made sense as opposed to some of the other um, instruments which I started on the violin actually that was my first musical thing violin yeah you can't play chords on a violin <laughs> right, right. Um, not really not not easily <laughs> um and so that transitioning to voice and also to piano was a necessary step in accompanying myself i felt um and i think you hit the nail on the head perfectly there um as as a master or i'm gonna call you a master because that's just what you are um, <laughs> can you tell us how intentional were you about practicing back in the day like what was the process of learning like for you well, wow. The, um, I was very intentional about practicing back in the day. One of, one of the first things my music teachers told me was that based on my trajectory and how they see me moving towards in the future, they, they would tell me, sorry, they would want me to buy a keyboard, mm-hmm. a, a proper keyboard that I could go home and practice on because you, ne- you never get the full um, experience just going to the class for 30 minutes or for an hour. That's right. So once I got a piano for myself and went home, I, I, I drove my family mad with how much I Unleashed the beast. Right. So especially in my early times, my early stages, I practiced a lot. That's really good. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm grateful for that growth. Yeah. Well, I want to know kind of what goes on in your head as you learn to play a new piece. Like, let's say you are challenging yourself to learn a new song. I know that at this stage of the game, it probably comes a lot easier, some of the groundwork. But... Could you just give us a little bit of insight as to how you approach learning a new song? Do you learn like the, the, the structure of the chord progressions holistically first? Or is it more like you kind of just wing it based on, let's say you're accompanying a singer? How do you approach that? What goes on in your, in your mind? Well, definitely when I'm, when I'm hearing a song for the first time, if, I, if, if I'm listening to a song to emulate it, 
the first thing I always do is court. Mm-hmm. And I have a little bit of a, a, a skill where I can, I, can, I can determine most of the chords without actually having to play a note. Okay. For most songs, for mm-hmm. most normal songs. So I, I go through that motion. So I, I listen to a song completely and I go through it chord by chord. And then I listen to it one more time for all the other elements that I need to hear. Okay, I see. Like any, some, any frills or arpeggiations or like right. other stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And any, any of the other things that just make it more colorful. Yes. Know? If for some reason I need to play a song on the spot that I've never heard before for a singer or for an instrumentalist, what I do is I, I, I make them go as far as they possibly can without my interference. And once they've finished like a verse and a chorus, then I, I should be able to go in and help okay. them. Okay. So it's kind of like listen first and then jump in after you've heard them. Right. That's really so that's, cool. Yeah. I mean, the reason I ask is because, as you know, this on the podcast, we talk about music and mindfulness. And I feel like mindfulness kind of gets at what's going on in your mind while you're doing these musical things. And I'm so right. glad that what you said is before you make a sound, you listen. And I think that's huge. That's something that I firmly believe in. Like before I um, say something or input anything, I have to kind of pause, be silent and just be present first, take in what's going on or what's coming in, um, whether it's externally or what's going on internally before I produce anything. So I think that's a pretty mindful um, insight that you had there. Cool. I want to, I realized that in, in order to pick your brain a little bit and go deeper here, we kind of have to start from the basics because I don't want to leave anybody out of the conversation, right? I know yeah. not, not everybody's a musical genius. So can we start from ground zero? Can you tell me what is a chord? When in the bare, in the, in the barest or in the most bare, sorry, a chord is, is, is three or more notes played at the same time. Three or more, it can't be two? No, it can't be two. It's not considered a chord if it's less than three notes. What's it considered? That, it's actually just considered technically a harmony. Okay. Right? So if you, like if you sing interval. or play, right. If you sing or play two notes at the same time, it's more of a harmony than a chord. Okay. A chord has to be three notes, as, as my music theory has taught me in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's probably the, the most straightforward of definitions. Can you give me some um, examples of like types of chords then? Like what makes one chord different from another chord? How can they be different or the same? So there are quite a few types of chords. The the ones that I would probably say that, you know, come out first are the major and minor chords. Mm -hmm. And I don't like to use the tall because I've tried it so many times and it has has very mixed results. Tried what? Major chords are the happy chords. Oh. And the minor chords are the sad chords. Yeah, so I, I feel what you're saying. This this concept of major, happy, minor, sad, um, at least in popular discourse now, is kind of on its way out because yeah, people it, realize that minor doesn't necessarily mean sad. Right. And, How and, do you and, categorize and, it then? I'm, 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 I'm searching for the answer. Because, the words are hard. Yeah, the words are hard because when I teach, again, I still have to use that. And I say I say it's on its way out because I've I've taught children that that meaning about major is happy, and minor is sad. But how do you, as an untrained musician, listen to a chord and and just right away determine that it's sad? Yeah, I agree. So, to me, minor just feels a bit more intense. That's that's the closest thing to words that I can um, put it. Right. I don't really know why or how to phrase that. 
Right. What, I mean, what's interesting to me is that you can take a major interval, invert it, and then it becomes a minor in the opposite direction, you know? So it's like, they feel like two sides of the same coin and maybe I'm getting too deep too soon here, but maybe happiness and sadness are just two sides of the same like lived experience and you can't really separate them like that. Um, but and maybe that's wrong. a bit too deep, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never thought about it that way. Yeah, but it just the, came to me when I was talking. Thing, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you can invert and it, it a major just sounds like a minor. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. All right, Jacob Coley, slow down. Um, let me <laughs> let me ask you, do you have a favorite chord? Can you play us your favorite chord? You have a keyboard next to you, right? Yeah, I have a keyboard next to me. You My know favorite. you know the song Hallelujah starts with and I heard there was a secret chord. What's your secret chord that is just your favorite? Like you just throw that in there and it just gives you the goosebumps. Ooh, wow. There's a chord. So when you, when you talk about majors and minors, my favorite chords are majors. I don't know if that says anything about me, but my favorite, absolute favorite chords are majors. Well, so, it does kind of say something that everybody also <laughs> thinks you're just a super smiley person. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think so. My, my favorite chord is probably specifically is probably a major nine. Mm, I love or, a major ninth chord. Sorry, let me not cut you off. Or the major 13 sharp 11. The I major what now sharp what? Major 13 <laughs> sharp 11. Oh, it's a very strange chord. But yeah, it's, that's, probably, that's probably my favorite. Can you play one for me? Yeah. So this is B, B major 13 sharp 11. And it's very out there. That's, and those that's definitely more than three notes. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's about six notes. Can you walk us through what notes are in there? Well, the way I played it a while ago is there's B, mm -hmm. there's F sharp, there's D sharp, there's G sharp, there's C sharp, and then there's F at the end. All right, no, I'm almost 100% sure that meant very little to um, the average listener here. Can you just play it one more time and then tell me why is this your favorite chord? Okay, so this is the chord. Right, and that is the B major thirteen sharp eleven, because it's it's such a it's such a wide ranging chord. It actually doesn't have six. I think it has seven notes actually. But I I didn't play one a while ago. That's why that's why right. It's just one of the chords that I've been so fond of because it's just so different. You rarely get a chance to play that in a song because of how unique it is. I hear. And because you. I play so much music, you you kind of get used to regular chords. So they, they don't become that much fun anymore. Yeah. So the chords you don't get to play very often is the chords that you, you start to like more. Mm -hmm. Outside of the usual, like one, four, five, six. Right. Or the regular majors and the regular minors, right? What, what I just, I guess, jumped into a while ago by saying the one, four, five, six are, those are okay. sort of the Roman numeral um, naming right. systems for, let's say, the different chords within a particular key or chord progression. Um, right. that, that's actually my next question for you is, um, different from just what it, what a chord is, what is a chord progression now? A chord progression, it's a group of chords played one after the other. That that's, sounds, that's it sounds like that. <laughs> right. But it's, how... It's the simplest explanation. That is a very good explanation. Simple is good. Right. But now let's say, let's take it deeper. How does that, I guess, vary song to song? Um, and, and what can you do with a chord progression different from just a chord by itself? Oh, well, a chord by itself, uh, in a way, you'd say it has no context. Mm. 
But when you're when you're looking about the emotion that you're looking for in a song, when you're looking for the story that you're trying to tell with a song, you use a chord progression. So you use the chords after the other to relate to each other. So the different chords relate to each other, the ones after the other. And songs have several chord progressions, whether whether they're all different or they're repeated. What makes a song is is the chord progressions. Mm-hmm. Well, what that's what a musician would say, mm-hmm. or or a keyboardist would say. <laughs> because many would say what makes a song is the melody but so i like your perspective though that right. the chords are the skeleton right for me for me as a as a keyboardist primarily the chords are the backbone of the song mm-hmm. the melody is 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 what adds to the finished product is what is is what makes it the finished product have you heard that thing that went around or that is often centered around on the internet sometimes about the four chord song like how you can play the standard four chords and make any pop song out of it. You know what I'm talking about? Like you, you play I've the one. So much, yes. And it, it, do you remember the chord progression? Is it's one? I think it's like one. One, one four, is five, one five six four. One five six four. Try it on. Let's see how it's on. Yeah, that's it. Boy, yeah, a lot, a lot of pop songs are. What do you think about that chord progression? <laughs> well, it's well, I played that chord progression so many times. It's 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 quite boring. Say the idea. words. It's quite, it's quite boring. It's um, not new anymore. What so what makes what makes a chord effective. progression? I agree. It is very effective because, as you say, it's everywhere it's and it, it gets the job done in a sense. It's everywhere. But what makes a chord progression exciting for you then? Ooh. What makes a coverage? I know exciting? I'm not holding back with these questions, Joe. When I have, to, like, I have to like, I have to unleash these hard questions. What makes the core progression for me personally? What makes the core progression interesting or fun or whatever is many things. It, it's how hard it is to emulate. How hard it is to for somebody else to do it. First of all, nowadays, but actually also it's how how different it is from the normal actually. Okay. There, there's so many different things that you can add to a chord progression to make it different. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is also how much you can add to the chords. Because I did say a chord is, is three notes, yeah. but at least three notes. So you can play eight notes at the same time, and it's a chord. Mm-hmm. A more fancy chord. Right, a fancy chord. So I think what makes the chord progression interesting as well is how you relate the chords to each other, the different cards to each other, and how you use it to bring about your song. Yeah, how you use it to bring about the emotional quality of your song, or what about your song do you think chords most help you to bring about? I I, I definitely think it's 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 the emotional feel, mm-hmm. the emotional tone of the song. Yeah, because that chord progression that we just said a while ago, the one five six four, there's only one minor chord in that. Interesting, the six. It's, it's yeah, it's it, the six. It's it's one minor chord in between three majors. So the song starts the that progression. Sorry, it starts with a major, and it ends with a major. So bef- before you even get the chance to think about how the minor chord makes you feel, you're already back into the major chord, and you're already back feeling happy again because you're mm-hmm. hearing that, the major chords. Maybe that's one of the reasons why it's so popular is that it keeps us in this sort of right. feeling space. Um, right. And you're saying that uh, a chord progression that uses some more interesting combinations of, let's say, 
uh, chord types, not just the major, not just the minor. You could throw in some like diminished chords, augmented chords, some right. some um, minor seventh right. This is not even English anymore to our listeners. <laughs> but the point is that each of these has like a particular um, emotional inclination or it, it feels some of these chords feel like they lean in certain directions that want to take you places emotionally um, instead of just being happy a major chord to me just feels like i'm happy where i am i'm just happy to be here but like a, a dominant chord can you play a dominant chord for us any dominant chord or a dominant chord c dominant like that to me can you play it one more time oh like that to me feels like it's like leaning somewhere and I feel like that is interesting like because now we have different, um, we can throw in these different chords into our chord progressions that want to take us different emotional places. You want to comment on that at all? Well, you know, before, before you had said that, I, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Before you had said that, when you were, when you were talking a while ago, it reminded me of an experience I had when you, when you talk about the invoking the emotions, it, it is also a nod, the chords that, that you play as well as hear from a song. So how, again, the writer wants you to feel. Mm -hmm. Or even how the writer themselves feel. Yeah. I remember an experience of mine. I, I was playing for a group. And again, I was playing a song that I've never heard before in my life. But the singer just came and just started singing. And we just had to play for her. So none of us knew the song. And I was like, okay. For some reason, I wasn't feeling happy or fully happy. And I listened to what she was singing, and I was like, all right, these are the chords, and they're all minor chords. Interesting. And the song sounded very, you know, it sounded very serious, and it sounded very, mm. like, conscious, like it was a very, you know? Mm. It, never matched, it never matched the lyrics at all. So when we got a chance listening to the song, we were, I was completely wrong, mm -hmm. because all of the chords were actually major chords. You mean the chords and were supposed to be major chords? chords. Yeah, they were supposed to be major chords, but I, I replaced them with their relative minors. Mm -hmm. You know, relative minors is another theoretical term. Right. Yeah. So it's a perfectly fine in interpretation of the chords musically, but emotionally, it changed the feel of the song completely. Oh, that's so interesting. All of a sudden, a happy song talking about whatever it was talking about. It was, it was talking about happy things. Yeah. It just, it just started sounding like it was a, a song about you know, like political agendas or, you know, or what was happening in the environment. But it was supposed to be a happy song. And all of a sudden I changed it by accident yeah. with my chords. Isn't that fascinating? And then it almost... I, I thought it was fascinating. It, they're saying that the only thing that changed was you, you, you took the quality of the chords from major and made them minor. And right. the interpretation of the song or your, your interpretation of the song changed entirely from what the original intention was meant to be right That's i mean i, I could cool. i could even tell you exactly what the chords were supposed to be mm -hmm. and what they ended up being but That's yeah magical i just got goosebumps here in that because it really does speak to like how like something spooky is going on with these chords man it's just distances between notes and that changes right. your emotional response and perception of something the words are the same but my emotional response is different just because i went from a from a one major three to one minor three that is just wild yeah i agree it was it was a it was an interesting experience and that was the first time that happened to me where i got i wouldn't say where, where i got the song so wrong that it just and, and again musically and theoretically it's not wrong yeah 
because it's a relative minor, same key. Right. But in terms of the in terms of the emotions that well, let's say the writer of the song wants the audience to feel, technically it would it would be wrong or it would not be what they wanted. Mm-hmm. It Just by the mere change of chords, everything else was the same. That's very very yeah. fascinating. The bass and the drums, the rhythm was the same. The vocals were the same, but the chords changed and the song just changed. You know what that says to me? That the there's something that is going on with chords and the feeling tone behind chords that controls the emotional color of the piece. And it kind of makes me want to go back to this metaphor that I'm exploring of, of life being like a song. Or I guess technically, again, that's a simile because the word like is involved, but we're not going to... English people, right. just leave me alone. If life is like a song... In your opinion, Joe, the chord progressions would be what? But the chord progressions would be all over the place. <laughs> because if, if, you, if, if you think of life as a song, that means the chords are, again, they're always going to be different. Mm-hmm. If, you think, if you think of, 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 of a minor chord being sad and a, and a major chord being happy, you could think of what you're saying, the dominant chord being something that's unfinished, something that's definitely something leading you somewhere yeah and you could think of a a diminished chord as something that is bringing a lot of tension right now Ooh. that, that needs to be released Preach keep going right. <laughs> keep going right so all of those chords the augmented chords augmented chords are kind of like the dominant chords where you're, you're thinking like this chord is, is is bringing me somewhere but i don't feel like it's a good place Mm. <laughs> a, dom- a dominant chord if you hang a dominant chord it's leading you somewhere but it feels like it's going to be a good place like it's taking you home yeah it's taking I want to go there but the augmented chord feels like no you don't want to go you don't want to go where this chord is leading you interesting what about like a suspended fourth a suspended fourth whoa that, that's probably what what, what 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 makes you die with um what you call it with, with um suspense yeah mm-hmm. suspense fully suspense and you're hearing a suspended fourth. You're thinking, you're free to play one, brother. Yeah, a suspended fourth. You're thinking about, all right, hurry up and go to the next thing. It feels you like know, it wants like, to resolve down. Da. Right. Because that, that is the next. Probably probably that's the one that you know what's coming next, but you just are anticipating it too much. Yeah. Because you know what needs to come next, but it's just not coming yet. Mm-hmm. And think about Boy, from a musician's perspective. I never thought about it until you just asked me that question a while ago. <laughs> well, that's what I'm here for. That's, that's crazy. But it's that's like you want to, what if, what if you hear the suspended fourth and then it doesn't happen next? Like the writer doesn't bring it you there. It doesn't happen next, yeah. And it's just like, that's what a big letdown. Like I thought I knew exactly where I was going, but I didn't, didn't even land there. Right. Because you could think of it like this and you're, and you're expecting this, but all of a sudden you and then that's definitely Ooh, no, that's wrong. I don't I don't like that. Yeah, you don't like that. Yeah. So yeah. What about it, what about a, a major seventh? What, what does that one feel like? Major seventh is, is, is one of uh, my favorite chords as Me well. Too. Right. But it yeah, feels it, magical to me. Yeah, it, it it feels it feels so much more major than a major actually feels. Right? I know that, that you know it. I, I thought of something the other day. I am I I haven't I I know that like especially abroad in the US, I'm sure they have these things where music is is used for like therapeutics, you know, yeah. for yeah. therapy. Yeah. That there's a thing called musical therapy. Yes. I could imagine that 
therapeutic music cards are just a bag of major seven. Because <laughs> if, if you hear those cards all the time, you probably fall asleep in five minutes. That's funny. <laughs> like your, your your entire mind and brain are just put to a level of relaxation that you just are out of it. Like, when I hear major seventh chords, I think Disney. I think the magic is here, like Magic Wonderland. That's where I'm at when I hear major seventh chords. Right. But I would I would disagree with you, Nojo. Know, I would say yeah. that if music therapy exists, you would not give them pure major seventh chords because well, people who are in music therapy are dealing with some are dealing with some shit, <laughs> and yeah. they probably need to experience the depth of those like um, diminished chords as well um, to feel like. Like there is a name for the emotion I'm feeling, and then take them up to the major seventh. You know, because a, a song with just like major or just major seventh chords is not really that exciting. Like you need to throw in the minor six in the the one five um, six four. You need to have those like dark, um, heart wrenching moments in there as well. Because <laughs> isn't that what makes life balanced? Like isn't that what makes life interesting? If we're that's taking a mindfulness true. slant on this, yeah, that's perfectly true. Maybe yeah. I was thinking about my own perspective. <laughs> I would just yeah. sit down and just hear major seven chords. The way I see it, after a while, it probably get boring. I guess. <laughs> well, you should. I'm. I'm excited to hear this in your um work coming out in in less than a year to see if it's just straight major seventh. You you hear a lot of majors in my career, especially major seven. I'm actually very excited to hear your work. <laughs> but the way that I see this is, if if we're still thinking about like life being like a song. I'm thinking about chord progressions as like that passage of brightness, darkness, um, like the ups and downs, the emotional color behind a song, and to take a mindfulness slant on this as well. It's not enough to just listen to a song and have no emotional reaction to it. It's not enough to just go through your life and have no time to pause and reflect on like your own feeling state and your own emotional um, undertones. Um, throughout the course of the day, the week, the month. Joe, are you somebody who often gets a chance to pause and reflect on like my life the past week or month has been more more bright or more dark, more major seventh versus diminished, whatever. Like, are you that type of a person, you think? I to be honest, there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah, that, that's, that's fair. But I, I would have to say in the terms of thinking about it like that, I I I have I haven't been opened up to that kind of way until you spoke to me about You're talking it. about the chord specifically. Yeah. You have so chord. I've 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 had time to meditate about how my week has been. And yeah, that's really life. what I mean. But right, the funny thing is, adding chords or adding chords to the discussion or to how I feel about it would probably help me out a lot. Mm. I I haven't gotten a chance to do it as much as I would like to in 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 in. In recent times, which is kind of funny because COVID has restricted me a lot. Yeah. But I used to do it a little bit more when I was a little more happy, actually. Yeah. So I, I would I would recall certain things of the week and, and events, and I would be a little bit more happy than I am right now. Mm -hmm. But right now, I'm a little bit less meditative, but less um less able to think about it because of how busy I am with work and school. Yeah. So certain events would pass and I wouldn't be able to reflect on it as much as I, as I want. But I mean, again, adding, adding the music to the mindfulness, it, it, would, it, would, it would because I've been missing a lot of music lately. Mm -hmm. And that is actually, that's actually a part of why I'm not as happy as I used to be. Ooh, because I, I'm, I'm not getting a chance to 
express myself musically as I used to be. Yeah, man. I relate to that so much. Right. That's, that's really almost completely because of COVID and the restrictions of because of that. Yeah. It's but using mindfulness for um, just sitting down and thinking about the, the, the present, just, just reflecting. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward, I should say, now to just trying to put that more into my schedule. Yeah. I found that during this time, it's, it's sometimes it's important to actually schedule yourself, especially when you're absolutely doing a lot of things. I think what you've said is so profound because what, you, what you've shown me um, without me kind of prompting you in any way is that there is this um, close association for you, or correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like there's a close association between your quality of lived experience, your mindfulness and how much you get to participate musically which I relate to as a musician. Um, and so that sort of says to me that for you, there is this link between uh, your own mindfulness practice and your musical practice, which I think is at the heart of what I'm, I'm getting at in all of the conversations I have on, on the Be Here podcast. And also, as you say, from taking a musician's perspective and thinking about your own mindfulness journey in terms of music, in terms of this kind of feels like a major seven, or this one kind of feels like a, um, an a suspended something that makes me anticipate something. Um, I think is a useful tool for you now to be able to to reflect consciously um, or conscientiously, I should say, on on your lived experience using these musical skills that you have. So, in a sense, you're you'd be supporting my my overall argument that right. living more musically can help you to live more mindfully. Right. If if I were to, to go back to what we were talking about with, you know, how, how, they, how the chords feel like the life experiences, if yeah. I were to talk about right now, I'm on the verge of graduating now, as in from UTEC with yeah. um, the electrical engineering degree. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can tell you, my, it, the, the, chord, the chord at that one right now in terms of that is either a suspended chord or it's a, it's a dominant chord because I know that I'm about to graduate and I'm about to finish. I, I just, I'm just, I just can't wait for it to finish. Yeah. It's like, it's not coming fast, you know? Yes. Oh, I relate to it. It's going to, it's going to get here sooner than you know, Joe. And yeah. you can well, hopefully land on the, the chord that you're expecting to land on, on one that makes you feel complete and at home and ready for the next passage in the song and not one that just totally throws you off balance. That's yeah, my hope for you. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's going to have, it's going to be, I'm really excited for the future of you just because I know that you're one of the people who I'm just guaranteed assurance is going to be doing like big things. Um, and I don't say that to put pressure on you. I just mean it to encourage you to say that you are absolutely gifted and talented and there will be um, meaningful work um, lined up for you. And it's just waiting, as you said, that suspended fourth is just waiting for you to land and be like aligned in how you're supposed to be and like expressing yourself again and being you know, more mindful and, and present while being more musical. I'm super, I, I just know it's going to happen for you. Thanks, thanks. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, man. You better be looking forward to it. Um, all right. Just to, to bring us closer to wrapping up our, our conversation, are there any other links that you kind of want to make between your musical practice and um, we can say a mindful life? Maybe it's a spiritual life because I know that you've had a lot of experience playing in church and around places of worship. Um, I don't know if you mind sharing about what um, how music has contributed to your um, sense of mindfulness in that sense? Well, well, it, well when you bring up the, the church, 
I have, yes, I have played at a lot of charities, a lot of gospel music, which in my opinion is some of the best music, musically, you know, just chord wise, trust me. I would say that when I, when I was playing at churches in the beginning, I was very mindful or not maybe not mindfulness, but I was very mindful of how people reacted to how I played. And I was also, I was also very reactive to how people looked when I was playing. Now, when I'm playing in front of a group of people, when I'm playing in front of a con congregation, we're playing praise and worship. I'm, I'm focusing more of, of being a catalyst, you know, that more than a, more than a reactant. No. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at how I can help people to reach where they want to reach mm -hmm. more than looking at them and, and making their emotions fall onto me. Right. Help them reach where they need to reach. Oh, I love that. So yeah. you're you're using your musical um, skills. You're using your chord progressions as a catalyst. You say to try and help facilitate somebody else's emotional arrival to wherever they right. want. Ooh. And 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 it's a big part of to me of 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 a concert and a worship experience. Yeah. Of allowing people to reach where they want to reach. Mm -hmm. you know, in their mind. You know, so as a as a pianist, you see yourself as a facilitator of emotion in in a sense. Right, because I mean, on more than one occasion, I I, I will be playing for the people, even playing for my own band. I you'll be playing a chord progression, you know, one five six four, and I I would purposefully play a different chord just to see how people would react. Yeah, to that chord, you know, and again the. The more musical you are, the more positively you're, you're probably react to a chord like that. And I would sometimes just, just do it for the sole purpose of seeing how people react. <laughs> of eliciting that reaction, that response. Yeah, just elicit, eliciting that, that, that surprised, curious reaction from, well, mostly, usually for the other musicians and the band, but now it's also for the people, the, the congregation, the audience, the yeah. crowd. Or the chord changes, trust me, they help a lot with that. When you, when you hear one that you weren't expecting and it's good, it it's does, like, it oh, does, yeah. It just, touch, it just like, re just reach a different spot in like your soul and it just, it's just like, it presses a button and it's yeah. like bumps instantly. Joe, you are gifted, you're going places and I'm so excited that you exist as a musician. Um, continue <laughs> to do your um, emotional facilitation with your magic keyboard. And I'm really excited to see how you continue to top um, your performance year after year. Where can we find you? Let's say, where can we find you on social media or um, do you put stuff out um, online that we can listen to? Wow. Well, you know, this, this year, this year is an important year for me. Mm -hmm. I, I, I really want to focus on playing with as much people as I can and getting as much music personally out there as possible. Yeah. So. I'm 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 starting up a YouTube page. Okay. Well, it's, it's, it started already technically. What's it um, called? I'm, I'm, it's actually called Joe Keys Music. Okay, cool. We can subscribe in advance. In advance, so there, there's two songs on there already. I think one song on there actually. It's mm -hmm. a long time song, but it's there, and I'm gonna be putting out some new music. Awesome. And I'm also on Instagram. On Instagram, it's it's, it's Gibson underscore Keys, and I have some music there already. But trust me, I'm, I'm, this, this is a special year for me. I'm, 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 I'm thinking about releasing some good music and some new music. I'm super excited. Joe, thank you so much for being here, man. Thank you so much for having me. It was a, it was, it was a pleasure.
The song of the week this time is brought to you by Joseph Gibson himself on the keys. Please enjoy this piano cover of If I Ain't Got You by Alicia Keys. And as Joe plays us out, be mindful of the different chord feelings that you get as he uses some unexpected chords underneath the melody of the song. Pay attention to how he uses the piano as both an accompanying instrument and also a lead instrument in this case. Please feel free to reach out to both of us on Instagram to leave your comments and feedback. We really appreciate it and we're here to connect with as many of you guys as we can. Remember to be mindful wherever your attention's at today. And as always, make it good, make it groovy, and we'll catch you next time on the Be Here Podcast.